Welcome to Passing Judgment. I'm Jessica Levinson, a professor at Loyola Law School, and this is a podcast about politics and the law and a lot of things in between. I'm joined today by the show's co-host and producer, Joe Armstrong, and we are going to give you the 411, does anyone actually use that phrase anymore, on HIPAA. We also have a new addition to the podcast, a segment called That's Not How It Works, and this one is about Governor Kay Ivey from Alabama. So, Joe, first, HIPAA. All right, Jessica, HIPAA, we've heard about it. What does it stand for? We're not talking about Kate Middleton's sister. I'm embarrassed to know you and to do this podcast with you. We are not, in fact, talking about the future Queen of England sister. I believe her name is Pippa. We are talking about the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. It rolls off your tongue, which is why I think we call it HIPAA. There have, uh, however, been a lot of good memes this week um, about HIPAA and what it actually does and that it's not a hippo. I know that this is just a podcast. Obviously, we're not also doing a video, but I'm going to briefly describe one of these memes that's been going around. It says HIPAA. Uh, H-I-P-A-A, which is the actual piece of legislation here, versus HIPAA, H-I-P-P-A, which is what everybody thinks it is, versus HIPPO. And the funny part about this, of course, is that the first column is the actual law, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. The next column is a fake law, the Health Information Privacy Protection Act. And under the history column, it says, invented by people on the internet during the COVID-19 pandemic. The point of this, Joe, is that people really don't understand what HIPAA is. And the reason we're talking about it is because some of our politicians and some of our other public officials recently, when they've been asked about their vaccine status, have said, oh, you can't ask me that. HIPAA violation, or I don't have to say anything about that because it's covered under HIPAA. We briefly talked about this in a prior episode dealing with Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, but I just kind of quickly said, and her answer clearly is wrong, today we're actually going to talk a little bit more about why. All right, Jessica, so it is not HIPAA with two Ps, as that does not exist, nor is it a hippopotamus, nor is it Kate Middleton's sister, Pippa Middleton, HIPAA, H-I-P-A-A. So what is the background on HIPAA? When was it passed? And what is the purpose of it? So this is a Clinton-era law. It is a 1996 law designed in part to protect our privacy regarding some of our health-related information. So HIPAA in general acts to prevent only certain people or groups, health plans, healthcare clearinghouses, and other healthcare providers from revealing our medical information. So if I, for instance, tell you, Joe, some medical information, if I say, as I sometimes do to you, oh, I'm suffering from a migraine, um, it's really up to you to share that with anyone you want. It's not covered under HIPAA. All right, Jessica. So can people, let's say journalists, for example, ask you about your medical information or that migraine? Yes. And in fact, I'm glad that you broke it up that way, because the first question is basically who can ask. And the second is, can you say, actually, that's covered under HIPAA? So, yeah, absolutely. Journalists can ask. And we see them do this all the time. They ask our public officials, for instance, about their health related conditions. And let's imagine for a minute that they weren't allowed to ask these questions. You can absolutely envision that there would be a First Amendment violation. I mean, that would be a law saying to members of the press, 
you don't get to utter these words. Now, of course, we know that there are exceptions to the First Amendment. There are limits, but it's really hard to see how we could in any world tell journalists that they're not even allowed to inquire. All right. So we've got that part cleared up. So in the capacity of their jobs, journalists seem to have special First Amendment protections. But let's talk about the rest of the people who don't happen to be journalists. What about employers? Are they prohibited from asking people about their medical information? Uh, Not really. And so what you said is, you know, journalists, obviously, in the First Amendment, it specifically talks about the freedom of the press. But as we know, Individuals also enjoy First Amendment protections for the freedom of speech. So can your employer ask you about your medical information? Well, again, people can ask. That doesn't mean you have to answer. But let's remember that there's a lot of information that employers arguably have to ask you. So let's think about the truck driver. Employers can say, I'd like you to take an eye exam or I'd like to see your eye exam. Let's think about firefighters. Uh, employer can say, we'd like you to take a physical strength test. Uh, police department, same thing. They can require that you take a physical fitness test and that you have to you know, show those results. So there are plenty of situations where employers not only can, but arguably have to, for the protection of all of us, ask about some health-related questions. Yeah, to that point, Jessica, speaking for myself, I am significantly more comfortable flying around in airplanes or driving around on the freeways because I know that at some point someone asked the pilots or truck drivers some key questions during their interviews. But what happens, Jessica, if an employee wants to refuse to answer those kinds of questions? Yeah, so I think this is basically how it works, is that you can refuse to provide the information. We can't force you to speak, but there will be consequences for that. So if, for instance, you're asked whether or not you had a COVID vaccine, if you answer, I'm not telling you, then an employer can treat you as if you have not, and there will be different limitations on your ability maybe to come back on site. And then it really becomes a question in terms of how far an employer can go as to whether or not reasonable accommodations are even possible. So think about the airline pilot applicant. Uh, If you, for instance, as the airline, ask the applicant, well, we'd like you to take an eye test, a, a vision test, and you say, no, I'm not going to show you, at that point, it's permissible not to hire the person because you just can't say, well, we'll reasonably accommodate you. There's no way to accommodate. Uh, Same thing, for instance, for kind of general checkups for certain people. Um, Again, the airline pilot, the firefighter, the police officer, we can imagine also a surgeon to make sure that they are physically fit. A whole host of different professions where if they say, I'm not telling you, then it really becomes a question in terms of consequences of whether or not they can be reasonably accommodated. And again, for some professions, um, you just can't ask the pilot, we'll just, you know, use your hearing. Um, so that that's basically where we are in terms of that question. All right. So by refusing to answer certain questions, it seems like you can legally go from being an employee to a former employee. In other words, you can be fired for that. So we've covered journalists, we've covered employers, but what about out among the English? What about your favorite bar down the street or your local bookstore, supposing you could even find one of those anymore or any other type of business? 
Yeah. So the answer is yes, with respect to whether or not the bar or the bookstore or the restaurant can say, uh, do you want to come inside? Well, we'd like to see your vaccination status. Uh, they can ask. You know, one point, of course, can you become um, a employee? Can you go from being an employee to a former employee? Again, of course, it really depends on whether or not reasonable accommodations are permissible. So for some people who could do their jobs or a slightly different job off-site. That's maybe what we might be looking at. But I think there's, um, to get back to the question you just asked me, I think there's a restaurant in San Francisco, California, where um, they're kind of first of their kind, where they're saying, we want to see um, the specific and kind of government-sponsored proof of vaccination. I just had to upload my proof of vaccination for my employer and I think that this is going to become uh, commonplace in the next few weeks and months. Yeah, there is a website. I don't know the URL of it off the top of my head that is tallying the Los Angeles area bars and restaurants that are requiring vaccinations. A friend of mine owns one of those places, and he got no small amount of flack on social media for doing that. But I would say it was probably split at least evenly. There were about as many people supporting this business owner as there were people lambasting him for requiring vaccinations to even get in the door. So bully to him, man. We're going to have to wait and see how this shakes out because this pandemic is not done with us. We might think we are finished. how our show works. You can find the show on Twitter at Pass Judgment Pod, Instagram at Passing Judgment Pod. You can find Joe on Twitter and Instagram at In-Depth Day, also indepthday.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Levinson Jessica. Listeners, please do not in your lives give us an example of that's not how it works. We have plenty from the newspapers and we will talk to you next time. <laughs>